Back here on Sports 1140 KHDK. I was that time, that whole segment, I was just watching RJ dance out here. As a nice rejoinder work there, Chris, having some fun here on this Friday. It'll be the Kings and the Charlotte Hornets coming up here at Golden One Center. They will start at 7 o'clock. We'll have game night at 530. Uh, pre-game, Kings live at 630. And the G-Man with the call of the Kings and the Hornets in what should be a great matchup. Really two good teams. Get up and down the floor tonight. Look for a good pace, good energy, and hopefully some good Friday night hoops in this building uh, coming your way. So we'll have more on that later this hour. Uh, with a preview of the game with Sam Farber from the Charlotte Hornets, their radio voice. And as we said, coming up one hour from now, Joe Davidson gets caught up on all what's going on with the um, news at Sac State. Coach Katz stepping down, resigning, retiring, basically. Uh, we'll hear that with Joe D. Also about Sac State and Davis and football, their weekend schedule, and then all the high school playoffs uh, action that's going on this week, uh, tonight and this weekend. So Joe will join us in about one hour. Uh, this weekend in the NFL, let's do it. Let's get into the games of the weekend. It started last night with a, a game that ended up being kind of interesting by the end, the Colts and the Jets. Uh, Colts got off to such a huge lead. Carson Wentz in the running game. Taylor was really good. Uh, they built a big lead, ended up cruising to victory over the Jets. If we if we talk about what the Niners have in store this weekend, Niners have a really good opportunity to make this a little bit more interesting than, than it's been for them lately. Um, and I think about the game they played, what, three weeks ago, four weeks ago in Arizona against the Cardinals, a game that uh, was closer than I thought it would be on that day because Arizona was playing so well at the time they were undefeated. 49ers were in quarterback limbo at the time with Jimmy G being out. They had to go to Trey Lance. And just watching that game, that was a game where you hoped the defense could almost win the game for them. They kept them in the game. Arizona couldn't run on the Niners that day. Connor and whatever they tried to do in the in the backfield just was nothing. If I remember right, I think Rondale Moore, the receiver, had the most rushing yards in the game, and Kyler Murray didn't even. I just they they did a really good job defensively of keeping that a game and an opportunity at a win for the 49ers. and that was with Kyler Murray in the mix, and that's kind of how that game had to go. But in that situation, you had it where um, Trey Lance just was kind of just going through it and trying to improv and make plays, and he was more of a runner than a passer almost in that game. Uh, I thought they got away from Elijah Mitchell, who has really turned out to be a gem for this team. And I think what the Niners now have to realize is this weekend, Jimmy G will be the QB. Uh, George Kittle could be back. It sounds like he will be back. Debo Samuel is seemingly becoming unguardable right now. And just find ways to get him the ball in space whether it's those you know jet sweeps, short screens, or downfield shots, uh, Debo is a problem for other teams. So now that you have Kittle back and Debo, even subtle things that are back, Gould is back this week. Uh, they're just getting a little bit healthier. And the Cardinals are not. As of today, it's still a game-time decision for DeAndre Hopkins and, more importantly, for Kyler Murray. And if Kyler Murray does not play today or does not play Sunday, then you're looking at a veteran quarterback in Colt McCoy. And that's one you just don't want him to have one of those days that that surprises the Niners. I mean, Kyler Murray is the kind of quarterback that can beat you multiple ways with a really gifted arm, but his legs too. So Colt McCoy is not the same guy, not the same kind of weapon. And if you're the 49ers this weekend, I think this is an opportunity to really redirect the season. As I said, I thought they had to get the victory over the Bears, and they did. They found that way to get it done. That was really, really important. 
and with seven teams making it in the NFC, uh, that top part's loaded. You know, Green Bay, let, let Green Bay get out there and the Rams and even the Cardinals, Tampa Bay, Saints, that kind of group. But that rest of the, the teams they're competing with, we're talking about, and the Cowboys are up there too, right? We're talking about the Vikings, the, even the Bears. Um, I mean, not juggernauts, Eagles, Seahawks. These are the kind of teams they're competing with for that sixth and seventh spot. So as, as much as it wasn't feeling right for the 49ers, they're in it. They've got a chance. And with these two weeks, this week and next week against the Rams and this week against the Cardinals, they've got to stay in these games and win one of them. And I think that just propels them into uh, the back half that has another matchup with the Rams, but there's Jacksonville in there. There's Houston in there. There's some games that as they get healthier, could just could they just get in and be that team that we talked about earlier that is is hot at the end of the season or playing their best at the end of the season or healthiest at the end of the season and becomes a true uh, playoff threat. So this one will be fun to watch, interesting to follow. I think the key to the whole thing, and we don't know even up to the minute now, about the health of Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. But if Murray's out, that's one now you got to get. You're at home. You've got your starting quarterback back. So the last time you played him, you didn't have him. Now you do, and they don't. Take advantage of that and see if you can get a, a, a much-needed win over Arizona. Another game to watch this week, the Raiders. Raiders and Giants. Raiders this week have had the turmoil, the topsy-turvy nature of what they've had to live through on the tragedy, that uh, awful decision that was made by Henry Ruggs, took someone's life totally unnecessarily, and the team has had to react to that. Let's hear some reaction. I mean, th- this hopefully will let you have a little bit of slice of, you know, because I've talked to people about this, and everyone's like, he's a murderer. Factual, right? I mean, there's someone that's killed. Um, early on, I even remember in our YouTube chat, I mentioned something, I feel for rugs here. They said, how can you even feel for him? I said, this was the first day. I wanted to get more of the facts out. Once more of the facts came out, you're realizing how dangerous the decision was, how just reckless to be double the legal limit, to have a loaded handgun, even though that's irrelevant in this case, but why? Um, driving 156 miles an hour. None of this had to happen. None of it. Teams allow and have drivers for players. There's apps. We all know that cabs, Vegas, cabs everywhere. Uh, Uber, Lyft, uh, stay, stay where you are, friends, all that stuff. It's just heartbreaking to hear Derek Carr uh, talk about stories where um, Ruggs was at uh, Top Golf in Vegas earlier in the night and sending Carr a text of his golf swing. And next thing you know, the next text Carr hears and information he hears about Ruggs is his life is basically going to be over and changed because he took someone's life. So here's Derek Carr talking about the uh, situation this week with Ruggs. Honestly, with, with what we were told, I just didn't know if we were able to. Haven't reached out. I will always be here for him. That won't change, and I'll prove that over the course of time to him, um, not to anybody else. Uh, but... He needs people to love him right now. He's probably feeling a certain type of way about himself right now, and he needs to be loved. And uh, if no one else will do it, I'll do it. I mean, you can just hear kind of pain, anguish. I mean, they've been through a lot, this Raiders team, this year. Um, and the the games go on. The team goes on. Uh, sadly for this young female, her life does not. Rugs will, whether that's in jail for a year. I don't know. I don't know where that's all going to end for him. But he was released. 
The team will play. They'll be in New York against the Giants this week. Uh, here's Carr. More from Carr talking about uh, really his emotions this week. Oh, we'll see if we can get that. And let me know, Chris, if we got that because it, um, it's been trying. It's been difficult. It's been something that no one wanted to go through. No one had hoped to go through. Um, here's how Carr's been feeling. My emotions have been on a roller coaster, so to speak, this year. My my heart goes out, but to the family, to all the families involved. You know, you never want you, no one ever wants to see this. You know, it, it broke it broke my wife and I's heart. The message has to stay the same. Honestly, I don't want it to right now. If I'm selfish, say a lot of different things. But we have a game this week, and I've got a job to do. True facts, right? It's true. All of that is true. That's what uh, they have to have that approach. Um, how about guy who's kind of living this in a different way, trying to be the leader of men, um, had to lead the men when John Gruden, who was the face of the franchise, was removed from his position. Coach Basaccia goes in there and uh, has led him to a couple victories, even a bye week, gave the team the whole week off, and they have this happen. Here's uh, Coach Basaccia on the situation. There's no blueprint for this. There's no, there's no handbook that they give you for the obstacles that you occur um, whether you're a, a parent, whether you're a teacher, whether you're, you know, my dad drove a truck. So there, there's no blueprint for these things. And um, I just think we all lean on each other in there. There's a lot of other coaches that we have on staff that have a lot of experiences. We have players that have gone through other things. So I think we've done a good job of communicating with each other. And, uh, you know, we've, we've tried to give the best resources that we have to our players. And that's what they have to do. And so, again, that, that stuff that's – it's out there. It's it's whether it's top of mind. They try to put it behind themselves, but getting on that plane, going to New York, and then just trying to think about playing the game uh, between the lines and and being the best that you can be as a Raider. That that's going to be difficult to do. I like the matchup. I think they they should win based on talent in the game. Saquon Barkley's going to be out. Um, you know the Giants do their part to compete. I think they've got some some things. I honestly I do think they're actually pretty well coached. But they just don't have enough. And if the Raiders can utilize all the things that they do have. Now, certainly, as we talked to Lincoln Kennedy earlier this week, um, if we just talk about Ruggs, the football player, what they will miss the most from him is his speed. Um, They do have more than capable receivers, right? They've got plenty of people that can do it, but that's someone that opened up the defense. So they'll, they'll have to answer for that over time. That may not happen this week but other ways to do it, and that's what the Raiders are going to have to try to do this week when they're in New York against the Giants. All right, some other games this week of interest. We'll just kind of go down the list. I think the Browns and Bengals, the Browns get attention this week, and I don't know if this situation for the Browns will be addition by subtraction because Odell Beckham is a very talented player, but um, I don't know how much of an in, um, an inconvenience, a burden that he's been on. You know, Baker Mayfield's had to answer some questions that he probably has not wanted to answer over the last couple of days. But this team's DNA for the Browns is trying to be a good physical defense, get behind that powerful offensive line. Baker Mayfield roll out little short, you know, uh, run pass options and the deep shots when they need to. But they want to run the ball to Chubb and Hunt and be physical, pounding offense. So do they need Beckham? No. He would have been nice if it would all worked out and fit in, but. That's done. It's over. So they get to move on. He'll get to move on. He'll clear waivers and have a chance to be a free agent as soon as Tuesday. So will any of that be a distraction? The theme here is distractions that we just talked about with the Raiders, even the Niners in a sense. 
with the Cardinals in their injury front. But the Browns. But Beckham's gone. Go forward. This is their team they're going to have. I think they're well coached too. And I think they got a good shot this week against the Bengals. Broncos and Cowboys. Dallas has just been rolling. Dak will play. It's a really good team. Broncos have taken advantage of lesser teams. This this would be the best win for Denver if they can get it. But Dallas, I like them this week uh, a lot, actually, as they get uh, the Broncos. Texans and Dolphins, an interesting game in one sense. you got two one-win teams. Both have been bad. Both won week one and haven't won since. Where this one, what to watch for this week is part of the Texans' struggles. I mean, it's a personnel issue. But they also were playing a rookie quarterback, Davis Mills, and it's not a rookie quarterback that's drafted in the first round. This is a guy they drafted later because they had Tyrod Taylor and certainly Deshaun Watson, who's still there, but they're not playing. Well, Tyrod Taylor's back, and he's a really good pro quarterback, and I think he helps make them function much better. I think he gives them many more opportunities to win. And so this one is is going to be a difficult one for Miami, and these two teams thought they could be swapping players and picks and a bunch of stuff by the trade deadline earlier this week, and now they're playing each other, and none of that happened. So um, maybe, I don't even know if it would be considered an upset when you got two one-win teams. I kind of like the, the Texans this week getting a surprise over Miami. Falcons and Saints, it's all about quarterback play now for New Orleans, who had a really good win last week against Tampa Bay at home, uh, but had the devastating news about the injury for Jameis out for the season. So whether it's Taysom Hill, Trevor Simeon, whoever they go at QB, can they just keep going through just a great coach in Sean Payton? And then Atlanta is just so up and down. Uh, Some weeks they look okay, but they're they're just kind of still going through it. They're they're in a weird spot where they've got a quarterback that's good and has been a franchise piece, but they're not going to be a team that's likely going to make the playoffs. So so where are you going if you're the Atlanta Falcons? That's just a weird no-man's land where they're not terrible and the bottom are going to get a high draft pick, like the highest of draft picks, or working through a, a young QB. Instead, it's a veteran quarterback that's led them to a Super Bowl before, and are they just waiting to get some other pieces to see if they can make one more run with this group? So I think Atlanta's going to kind of go through some big decisions in this upcoming offseason. Patriots and Panthers, key there. It looks like Christian McCaffrey may be able to give it a go. Panthers obviously better with him. Uh, Patriots have had a couple of nice wins here lately. Looks like they're getting better. Mac Jones certainly has looked better. Bills at Jags. Buffalo, heavy favorite, understandably, in this one, that you really, really like them in this game. Vikings taking on the Ravens in Baltimore. Baltimore is back in that group of AFC teams we were talking about throughout the week of a team you might believe in in a week, and then they disappoint you. Uh, The Chargers have done it. The Bengals have done it. And the Ravens have done it. I still think that's a good team. Lamar Jackson having a really strong season. Look for the Ravens at home. Vikings have had trouble stopping teams on the run, too. So look for the, the Ravens to, to get that one there. The game that was going to be one of the best games to watch and to check out this week was the Packers and the Chiefs. We already spent that last uh, couple segments ago about Aaron Rodgers uh, being out in his interesting interview today, to say the least. But that means opportunity for others. Chiefs aren't playing great. And Jordan Love is a guy they drafted in the first round. A guy had said in the offseason, if if you're waiting on Aaron Rodgers, part of it is, one, his greatness. Two, I don't think they're firmly in uh, belief that Jordan Love's ready to go. Well, now he's has to be because he's getting the opportunity this weekend to take on a Chiefs team, which is not a great defense. Uh, let's hear Coach LaFleur talk about Jordan Love. We had a whole offseason with him. We had all the training camp. We got to see him play, you know, in the games in those preseason games. So I think we, we definitely have a much better feel for what we feel confident that he's going to be able to go out there and, 
just have a comfort level with and be able to execute. I think this one is a real opportunity, not only for him, but for the Packers. I was so impressed with the Packers last week to win that game on Thursday without their top three receivers. Obviously, they had Aaron Rodgers, but they really did a nice job of mixing it up with a good run game, Aaron Rodgers, uh, the defense. And since week one, you know, Green Bay's had some scares, certainly could have lost in Cincinnati. They haven't been perfect. But, you know, this is a team that consistently wins. And Kansas City was that team, too. But who's looked more broken this year? It's been the Chiefs. Even on that Monday night game, they got through it, but they got a benefit of a call late. And they survived. And it was helpful. That's what you want. You got to win. It, have, it really hasn't been pretty yet for the Chiefs. So I could see Green Bay winning this game, going into Kansas City, even without Aaron Rodgers, and winning. And really being kind of one of those benchmark days for a guy like Jordan Love. Let's hear Coach LaFleur talk more about his uh, quarterback. We've seen a lot of growth in that area for Jordan. I think he's much more comfortable communicating with everybody. Um, I think the guys... We're fortunate that we have a lot of great leaders, not only on our offense, but on this team that are, are going to rally around him. So he doesn't have to like burden all that responsibility. Again, I think this is a game to watch for many reasons, but um, are the Chiefs that broken? And can Jordan Love break through? If I'm picking a little uh, mini, mini upset here, I'm, I'm picking the Packers. I know they've been a good team. Uh, they will miss their, their best player, no doubt. But if this is the opportunity for, for Jordan Love, you're drafted that high. The organization did believe highly in you at one point. And now out of um, necessity, you're getting an opportunity. And he also knows he's not the quarterback the rest of the year. It's one week. Can you be great for a week? Or not even great. Not make mistakes. Not turn the ball over. Lead the team. Make plays. Put your team in the right spot. Get points. Field goals, touchdowns. And rely on that defense and see if the Chiefs are the team. You know, Mahomes is great, but he's been... Uh, most interceptions, the team has turned the ball over a ton. And if it could just keep going down that road, I see it. I can see it happening for the uh, for the Packers this week. All right, Chargers and Eagles, another one to watch. Eagles are so hit and miss, so hit and miss. Chargers have dropped the last two. Uh, I like the Chargers this week regrouping and finding a way after just two kind of puzzling losses in a row, including a really bad one a couple weeks ago. Uh, Titans and Rams would have been one of the best games of the week, and it still might be. But uh, just the, the dejected feeling the Titans must have of losing the best running back in the league, if not the best, one of the best. I mean, Derrick Henry is just such a, a game changer in his physical nature, but also his speed, how he impacts games, and true part of that identity. I know Tannehill's gotten better, and they've got you know really good receivers now, but it, their, their true identity is, is built around Derrick Henry. And to lose him, to go into the Rams who get add Vaughn Miller – who is going to be so important to what this team does too. Um, a new life for him. I know he was quoted saying the other day, man, I, I went to sleep 4-4, four and four, woke up 7-1 and one, and on a first-place team. He's on a great situation. He's not going to see the same kind of double teams that he did with Denver because that's all going to Aaron Donald. And the defense and the Rams just like what they do, what they believe in. They're going to give up on draft picks. Most of the league cherishes second, third, first round. Just It's gold. No one, no one moves those guys. The Rams are saying, we're moving them all. We want talent, known quantity. Now we're going to build this locker room with with superstars, and uh, the Rams have them, and they've got a good team. They changed the quarterback where they were already good, but they feel they got better, and they have with Stafford. And to go with Ramsey and the defense and Donald and now Vaughn Miller, uh, Cooper Cup, it's, it's, a, it's a really balanced team, well-coached team. Uh, the Rams 
Should have some fun on Sunday night football. And then the last game of the weekend is uh, Monday night, Bears and Steelers. And we'll talk more about that one on Monday. Um, but two kind of teams kind of middling there, right? The, the Steelers have been consistently a playoff team. They don't feel like they're as good as they were. And the Bears are okay where they are now because now that they've moved on, at least seemingly, from Andy Dalton to Fields, this is what they wanted it to be. And if they can get more wins with him and have him grow and compete this year, then they'll feel they'll be really ready to go when next season starts. So that's a look at the games this week. Started with that win last night with the Colts, but to watch the the Raiders, can they handle all the stuff they had to go through this week? And for the 49ers, man, this would just get them right back in the mix. If they could beat Arizona, uh, maybe without Kyler Murray. If it was was without Kyler Murray, this is the one you hope the Niners definitely get because they competed against him uh, when they didn't even have Jimmy G a couple of weeks ago. So, all right, when we come back, we'll talk more about the Kings, more about tonight in the NBA. And still to come, we'll have a preview of the Charlotte game with their radio voice, Sam Farber. Also, Joe Davidson from the Sacramento Bee will join us at 5. Much more to get to as we continue right here on Sports 1140 KHTK. Back here on Sports 1140, KHDK. Jason Ross here at Golden One Center. Got some members of the Charlotte Hornets getting some early work in here. We're a few hours away from tip-off between the Kings and the Hornets and the only matchup here this year. Um, and then, of course, Kings will still go to Charlotte later on in the season. Kings beginning a four-game homestand. This is game two as they got their first home win the other day. We're going to get more on this with Sam Farber, radio voice of the Charlotte Hornets, joining us in our next segment. Uh, Chris, it's also a big night, right? Don't we have a we got we got linear championship on the line tonight? It is on the line tonight in Washington. Grizzlies versus the Wizards. Grizzlies trying to do uh, is this their third game? Yeah, Second they, game of trying to defend it. Yeah, which is the first team to do that this year. Uh, it's gone back and forth, um, and we actually have an update. I was going to say, all right, let us know. Wait, what's that one from? Seinfeld. Oh, Seinfeld. Okay. Um, the Wizards lead, right? 33-29 right now. That's in the first quarter. Uh, also in the NBA, got the Spurs and the Magic, uh, the Nets and the Pistons. There's a lot of games tonight. Cavs, Raptors, Knicks, Bucks, Clippers, Timberwolves, Pelicans, Warriors. You got the uh, Pacers who will be here on Sunday taking on the Blazers. Uh, and, of course, the Hornets and the Kings. Uh, right here, we gave you some of the keys to tonight, again, to kind of rehash some of that uh, from earlier. Uh, this is a situation where both teams are going to want to run. Um, Charlotte has been down eight points or more in every game, so they score in bunches. They've hit ten or more threes in every game. So defending the perimeter, uh, trying to hold on to leads or or withstand runs, you know, timeouts, when will they be called? Can you get defensive stops to, to stop that? Can you get to foul line if you're not hitting shots? Little things like that to to watch and to follow uh, for tonight's game uh, in the NBA. Uh, Chris, also, um, how uh, anxious are you for your, your big match tomorrow, Man City? Um, I'm hoping to get some I'm hoping to get some sleep tonight. What time? 5.30. 5.30. Which is actually better because they had their uh, – they switched times. What is that? I don't know. It's going to standard time. Oh, yeah. So well, they do theirs before. Yeah, they, they okay. do their us before – so we, I actually get to sleep in an hour. Extra hour. That's yeah, right. it would have been 4.30. Oof. But you would have done it. You always do that, right? 
you never do you ever record them and then watch it later or you watch them live i watch them live yeah i, I can't i it's tough for me to do that so then you go back to sleep yeah okay or if they're losing really bad i'll just fall asleep during that yeah <laughs> but not tomorrow tomorrow that's that's like that's it that's this is a big one i'm actually going to be uh going and meeting up with some friends uh tomorrow to watch it okay so where um here's my naiveness on this where, where what's open at that time where do you guys go to meet uh so i'm gonna go to the manchester united bar at the zebra club gotcha and obviously they'll open at that time get everybody out there having a good time hopefully i'll be the only one having a good time okay okay who's uh if there's such who's expected to win city okay okay that'd be a good day it would be a good day. Yeah. Today was a good day. Tomorrow. Right, so that little tomorrow. Yeah, it was a good day. That's right. Remember to uh remember to change your clocks. But that's not Can, tomorrow. No. Well, tomorrow night. Is it? Yes. Huh. I did not know. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you did. You just said they were changing theirs. <laughs> yeah, no, but they did theirs last week. Oh, I see. They I did theirs you. last Sunday. Yeah, no, we have ours, which can we can we change that? Can we not do that anymore? Yeah, it's dumb, and then there's every everyone always says it's dumb, and then the only reason they keep doing it is like, well, that's kind of just how it's always been. Well, I thought honestly, and it, you know, I could be wrong on that. I thought it was like for farmers at one point. I don't even like, know if that's true. There, exactly. At this point, like, why are we doing this? Um, no need. Some, I think it's what is it? Indiana and Arizona never change. They just leave it. Every other state does. It's just bizarre. And that's so like right now it would be what five uh, thirty. Yeah. No. No, it'd 330. be 3.30. 3.30. 3.30, and it'll be – I mean, that's that's the weirdest adjustment is, um, you know, when it's dark at 4.45 or 5 o'clock. That, no one likes that. No one likes that. Time to change that. Let's get it going. Let's get it back to what it was. Leave it at the, the time that we're at now. So, anyway, that's going to be coming up this weekend. As far as tonight, as we said uh, earlier in the NBA, some other things to watch, I think, in the league that we've been talking about with the Kings and just where they stand right now um, at 4-4. Four and four, and currently in the eighth spot, whatever that's worth. I mean, we got a tenth of the season that's been done, basically. So there's so much more to go. Um, but I just think, with the exception of Utah and Golden State, like at this moment, no one else has really extended themselves and separated themselves. And it's it's a little bit of parity that we've talked about. Coach Walton talked about that yesterday on the show with him, that he thinks there's as much parity as we've seen in a long time. And how quickly things can change. I think about a team like the Lakers, who we all think will be good as the year goes along, as they get accustomed to everybody. And even now playing without LeBron, they have a couple of losses this year. Now they have four, but two of them are to OKC. And one of them came when they were leading OKC by 26 points. Yesterday they had a lead on OKC, couldn't close. Shea Gilgis-Alexander was a part of the finishing lineup that, that helped get it done. For the Thunder. So that's still the quirkiness that this league can provide. Nights when you think things are predictable, they don't always go that way. Um, certainly games never fall in line exactly how you think they're going to go. But I, I think Utah is the one that has the most stability of their roster and the, and production from a year ago, and it's all coming back, and that's why they're doing so well. I expect them to be a great team this year. They've looked like it, as we uh, said earlier in the show, you look at a game like last night, they're playing Atlanta. It's a good team. Atlanta's a nice team, a playoff team, conference final team from a year ago that has a lot of their pieces back. And Utah goes in there, 
and plays without Donovan Mitchell and wins. Their only game they've lost this year was when they played and sat Mike Conley, and they played the Bulls and could have won but lost narrowly. Um, that's another reason why I'm encouraged by how the Kings have looked this year on how they played them. They played the Jazz a couple of times and have had chances to beat them both times. One in Utah, one here. With five minutes to go, one was a tie, and the other one they were up by one. So I think the Kings are building the pieces to become a good team, but it's about going forward and growing day by day, as they were saying in one of their mantras, is stacking days, continuing to get better. Coach Walton talking about the attention to details, the little things that are still missing. Well, that's what they got to continue to do. And if that shows up one night, can you make sure it's not on a whole road trip or a homestand that you you know improve on that facet the next time you play? And I think we've seen some nights where the Kings have had rebounding as a problem, and then it's a point of emphasis, and it gets better. Um, I think it's going to be one of their bigger issues on the year, probably more so based on construction of the roster and playing three guards, sometimes four. You're just naturally smaller. So there's more on Buddy Heald, Fox, those guys to rebound, really on Barnes. And if you look at Barnes, he's having a career-high rebounding year. For a while, he was averaging a double-double, averaging that because he was getting 10-plus boards a game. So you you need Harkless, you need Barnes, those guys to rebound when you play this personnel grouping that they do on most nights. So it'll be fun to watch them play tonight. I think we're going to have a great game. I really do. I like the setup between these two teams, and we're going to get more on that coming up here in just a moment as we're going to visit with Sam Farber, the radio voice of the Charlotte Hornets. He is going to join us when we come back and get a preview of tonight's game. That is straight ahead right here on Sports 1140 KHDK. Back here on Sports 1140 KHDK. Tonight, Golden One Center, Kings and the Charlotte Hornets. A lot of you out there say Charlotte Hornets must see NBA TV. Yeah, when you're on the package there, you're always watching Charlotte. Well, let's get more perspective on that team and if they are truly that much fun with the voice of the Charlotte Hornets, Sam Farber, joining us. Sam, you get the privilege to call this team. How much fun are you having uh, watching these guys run up and down the floor every night? Uh, it's it's outstanding. It's must-watch TV. It's must-watch in person. And it's the kind of uh, style of basketball where, really, you get punished if you look down at your notes, look down at your food, <laughs> look down at your phone, uh, because they're liable to make any pass at any time. It really is an exciting team to watch, and uh, we're looking forward to bringing the show to Sacramento here. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. This this takes me back years ago with the Kings, kind of when Jay Will got here and they were, they were that team that everybody was so excited to watch. But then they maintained, hey, look, we, we've got more substance than just this style. How does Charlotte feel about it? Everybody's giving them attention, which is fun, but it looks like there's more than just flash to me. What, what do you see with this team? They certainly is because while they are able to execute these unimaginable, you know, just a few years ago passes, Uh, They're doing it with a fairly low turnover rate. So uh, they are taking risks at times, but they're the kind of risks that they're comfortable with, uh, that they're willing to take within the flow of their offense. And it's just the vision of uh, the young phenom, LaMelo Ball, who really could be changing the game right now uh, with his, you know, push ahead passing and his willingness to, again, make any pass at any time. Uh, This could be in part the future of the NBA in, in a similar fashion to what we saw from Steph Curry not too long ago terms of uh, you know stretching the range the the limits of what a normal three-point shot is we might be seeing that in terms of what a normal pass might be in today's nba 
Yeah, I, I know when they drafted Ball, obviously they liked him. Everybody gave him high regards, thought he would be a great player. But has he pushed forward faster than maybe even Charlotte thought? In, in a certain respect, I think so. But I think it has more to do with the circumstances of last season. Obviously, every rookie uh, had a difficult time last year compared to a normal rookie with the lack of summer league, the lack of preseason. It was basically, hey, you're drafted. Here's your hat. Here's your jersey. Get out there. We're playing in five minutes. And that was difficult. We saw a lot of rookies, particularly second-round picks, uh, who were at a severe disadvantage, and first-round picks, too. So I think, you know, LaMelo Ball's uh, talent and ability is undeniable. Uh, He was very highly regarded coming out of uh, of his draft class. Um, But I think to to do this this quickly, the only part of it that might be a surprise is that he did not have the luxury of summer league and everything else that would normally go to a rookie. Now he has, and we're seeing that explosive start to his second season. Talking with Sam Farber, radio voice of the Charlotte Hornets. You guys are five and four. Number one, though, offense. Number, what, four in assists. So the offense... They're cooking. They, they really can do their thing. What, what areas has you seen them through? Again, nine games isn't an end-all, be-all, but what you've seen, what would you say still needs to get a little bit better? Well, health is kind of the number one thing for this team. We, we really have not seen them all fully healthy for more than two games now, and even coming into tonight, P.J. Washington is listed as doubtful. He had a hyperextended elbow uh, the other day at Golden State. Terry Rozier has missed some time. Uh, so there's been little aches and pains along the way. Every team has them. Uh, but when whole, this team really is a lot of fun and feels they can compete with anyone. Um, I think, you know, the, the schedule is what it is. It's certainly challenging going East Coast to West Coast uh, and, and for you guys, vice versa. Um, but overall, I like the way the Hornets are playing right now. Uh, if you liken it to, to baseball, you got a, a hot hitter at the plate. You like them swinging away right now. And, yeah. Every once in a while, you're going to hit into the defense or you're going to strike out or someone else is going to be hot, and that's just the way it is. Um, but I think overall looking at this team, yeah, they're 5-4. and four. Maybe you know, if a couple bounces go their way, 6-3, and 7-2 and two would not have been impossible um, the way they are playing right now. So Charlotte feels good. Um, I'm excited to see them tonight against the Sacramento team that's, that's had a lot of improvement. And, uh, and, and that young core of guards you guys have, um, should make for a really exciting game tonight. Yeah, one of the things I felt, Sam, here watching this team, there, there's really a lot of continuity coming back from the coaching staff to the players. You guys had success last year, and there's a lot of, you know, we already talked about Rozier, even though P.J. Washington's banged up Ball, Hayward, um, you know, Bridges. These are these are names that have played together. How have the new, just the, you know, kind of working around the edges of Ish Smith, Ubre, and Plumley? how have the new kind of veterans helped out the Hornets? Well, I think that's one of the keys to this team because you're right. There is a lot of continuity with the Hornets. So the additions that have been made in years past, they've been guys who had to go directly to the core of the team, directly into the starting lineup. It it had to happen, and they had to be featured players. And it does take some time uh, to build up that chemistry. This year, you're seeing guys like Kelly Oubre and Ish Smith and Mason Plumley. Plumley is the starting center. He definitely has a huge role, but in terms of people that are dependent on to score the basketball, um, a lot of those pieces are already there. So you're seeing the luxury of reserves and bench pieces being added that really is a sign of a good team. You know, when you look around the league, yeah, they've got their their core two or three guys, the the big-time contenders, and then they're looking to fill out the bench or fill out other spots that are certainly important um, with veteran reserves. And for a long time, the Hornets – didn't have that luxury. Now they do, and we're seeing the impact uh, with what a guy, an accomplished scorer like Kelly Oubre can do 
a world-class number two point guard in Ish Smith. Uh, it really has opened up things in terms of what's possible for Charlotte as they try and make it to the postseason for the first time since 2016. Sam, uh, I don't know if there's a metric or number to measure this, but you would probably have a better feel on it. When you've got a team with ball, like we've talked about, and Hayward, uh, even Rozier, P.J. Washington last year had a big game here. Bridges is having a great season. When you have multiple people that can lead you in scoring, that's really dangerous to me. But is there one that, hey, if this guy hits this number or if they're getting 25 and he leads them, is there something that leans to a better success rate for you guys if if one of those multiple people that can lead you in scoring uh, does it more often than not? The scary thing is no. That's what makes this team so difficult to defend and so difficult to game plan against is you really can't. They're so unselfish. Uh, even the, the former All-Star, Gordon Hayward, who you would think based off pedigree might be the guy who demands the basketball. He's one of the most unselfish on the team. They, they really don't care who shoots it. They care that the offense is moving, that the ball is moving, and uh, they are willing to give up good shots for great ones. And uh, it, it's something that has permeated the other t- the, the entire team, uh, LaMelo Ball included. You know, he, he kind of came in with a, a reputation entering the draft that uh, he would be a, a flashy shooter, a all-time you know great ball handler maybe coming out of the high school ranks. And he is the first person to give the ball up if someone's ahead of him on the floor and he can find a way to get it to him. So the unselfishness of this team is what makes them dangerous, makes it hard to game plan from minute one through 48 because you really don't know who the Hornets would like to have the ball. And sometimes I don't think they know who they want to have the ball. They just want that good shot. And the way they are shooting uh, at one point, I think they might still be, but I know uh, coming into the the Warriors game, they were the number one three-point shooting team in the NBA. Wow. That's dangerous. So, uh, you know, it, it – it certainly is a positive to have a guy like Terry Rozier or Gordon Hayward getting those shots just because of what they've accomplished. Um, but if they're covered, they have no problem giving it off to a Miles Bridges, a LaMelo Ball, a Kelly Oubre, and on down the roster um, and take advantage of one-on-one matchups where they can. I, I can't imagine the Kings tonight trying to slow it down. They like to run, too. You guys may be the best at it, but they like to run. Has anybody you've played just taken the air out of the ball and just tried to limit possessions against you guys? Not as much, no. I think, you know, we're in a a modern NBA where people like to play up-tempo. I think, you know, at times, you know, when when James Borrego was with the Hornets there, uh, when he just started, there there were injuries and the times issues that maybe forced the team to play. So I think that that tends to be it, you know, when uh, a a team – I either you know wants to take someone out of their game sometimes it's a game-to-game strategy or if injuries hit a team and you just can't afford to take as many risks then you'll see it slow down but I think that's the era we're in and that's why I say LaMelo Ball and what the Hornets are doing might potentially change the game is because they're speeding it up even more uh, it remains to be seen usually championships are what determine that I don't think anyone looked at what Steph Curry was doing and shooting threes and saying well everyone should try and do that until it started winning titles mm-hmm. And then it's uh, it's transformed the game uh, to the point that we see now, and, and I think for the better. And so we'll see if, if that's the impact that uh, LaMelo Ball and these Hornets have. But uh, right now, I would agree with you. They, they are ahead of the field in terms of what is possible in terms of passing. And it's made for a very, very exciting. Uh, we're, we're the league pass favorite based off yes. most people I've talked to. Um, so we're happy to have that, and like I said, happy to bring the show here to Sacramento tonight. Yeah, and last thing for you then, so the league pass favorite, people love you. How, how's uh, fan expectations in Charlotte, organizational expectations for this team this year? 
I think it's gone up a notch. The the players, Terry Rogier in particular, said from day one that you know making the playoffs was the the barometer that it would be a disappointed if they did not. I think the fact that they have added to the bench rather than having to fill in a, a missing piece in the starting lineup goes to show that this team is drafted extremely well with Mitch Kupchak at the controls as the general manager. James Borrego and his team have done a spectacular job developing players, and now I think they're poised to make a run. Now, all that said, the East is a lot deeper now than it has been in years past. Uh, it is not going to be easy to make the top six and ensure your spot or even get into the play-in tournament. But this Hornets team is hungry, it's young, it's talented, it's got the number one offense in the NBA, and they really have not played their best game yet. We haven't seen them firing on all cylinders. So uh, for, for our sake, for Team Teal, hopefully they do tonight. Uh, it should make for a great show, though, uh, either way. But I do think expectations are up. They, they want to be in the playoffs. It's not enough just to have some subtle improvement to these guys. They want to take that next step. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I think it's, it should be Friday night. Hoops will be fun here in Sacramento tonight. Uh, Sam, have a great call. We look forward to seeing you out at the arena. And uh, thanks again for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Sam Farber from the Charlotte Hornets Radio Network giving us his thoughts on this team. Again, lots to like there. There really is. This is a good team. This is a good team the Kings are playing tonight and a good test. Uh, People talk about the schedule lightening up. It's not. I mean, the league has a lot of good teams, and Charlotte's one of them. And back to that word I was using a lot before the season started, why I like the Jazz continuity, why I like the Kings because of continuity, and for the Hornets, continuity. A lot of those players are back that we just addressed from Ball and Rozier, Hayward, Bridges, P.J. Washington, though banged up. Uh, Then you add Plumlee, Ishmith, and Oubre, veterans, kind of like the Kings, adding Len and Thompson, guys that have been around Uh, Utah, Rudy Gay, and Hassan Whiteside. I think those teams that believe in what they're doing continue to leave their coaching staff and players in position and keep working at it. As long as you feel like you've got something going, go for it. And Charlotte's doing that. And as you heard Sam say, the expectations are larger, as they should be. They do have a good team, a fun team, number one in points per game, number four in assists per game, and an offense that, uh, again, he said, league pass must watch. So, Tonight, they're in town. It's going to be fun to see what they're able to do this evening against the Kings. So we thought we'd get you some thoughts from him. When we come back, we got the final portion of the show. Joe Davidson from the Sacramento Bee will join us. Joe's got, I mean, just does an amazing job, but he'll give us the insight on what's going on with high school playoffs tonight. A lot of big matchups. And, of course, we'll wrap things up for the crossover before we get to the game night. So we've got more. The 5 o'clock hour coming your way next right here on Sports 1140 KHTK.